This episode of the Esoteric Order of Roleplayers is brought to you by the generosity of our backers on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash esotericrp to find out how you can become a backer too. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest news, and join our Discord community to chat with players and fellow listeners. The Esoteric Order broadcasts from Santa Fe, New Mexico. We recognize these episodes are produced on the traditional territory of the Tewa-speaking Pueblo peoples, and we acknowledge their community, their ancestors, their elders, both past and present, and future generations. The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers present The Great Game, a Castle Falkenstein campaign, with David Larkins as the host. doing that does anybody want to catch us up last time on castle falkenstein which was only a week ago if you can believe that jeez oh my god no can't be it's true time moves in a special way nowadays it does indeed i only remember the special end (laughs) (laughs) yes who who can who can cast their mind back to (laughs) 15 day months ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> huh. Um, well, Astrid and Iskander last session went to visit Lamotte at his um, physician's office slash machinarium um, and convinced him, even though he said he never gave it to anyone, to look for the plans for the photovoltaic cell mount gun thing. And he was like, fine, whatever. And he went and checked it and it was gone, it was gone. And he had talked to Bernadette. She didn't leave a calling card or anything. Um, And we got his card and said that we would meet up with him for tea and stuff and keep him apprised of what was going on. And then we went back to my apartment so that um, we could hang out and also so Iskander could meet a bar build. Very normal thing. Um, So that's what happened to my character last time. And in real life, I just remember being very stressed out um, because Frederick was in a bad situation and I kept like yelling. (laughs) You kept swearing at the computer. All right, yes. Uh, and indeed, that is where we left off. Uh, you know, that was kind of our, our little button on the session was uh, 
Frederick had won the duel of wits with uh, our friend Dr. Voisson. Let's see here. Which uh, which one was he? He was the other one. <laughs> the one who wasn't. The one who's not the police uh, prefect. And, and he was like yes. looking for a bathroom window to climb out <laughs> because there were guys he following him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, any other notes before we dive in? Anybody want? Anybody have anything they want to make note of or new business, old business, et cetera, et cetera? No, I'm good. I could... The last 45 minutes have seen, seemed like a week. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So, um, right. So we had the, we had the thugs waiting outside for Frederick and <laughs> we had the, we had the thuggish looking gentleman waiting outside. Um, and Let's see. Where was everybody else? What was what was everybody else's uh, next move? I guess would be my main question. So Astrid and Iskander were headed to her apartment, and we were gonna meet up with almost everyone else except for Frederick, I think, or everyone else. To the very camp, I think, and then um, Grant was returning the paperwork to. Senor Montequilla. And yeah. All right. Very good. So, uh, so yeah, let's let's just um, get back in with Frederick here, since you uh, so you you basically got uh, Voisson to admit to his dastardly plan. Uh, what would you like to do? Okay. Uh, so. Since I have him kind of um, at a disadvantage here, I'm going to look around his office. Is there uh, like a, a pad of paper and a pen or some other writing implement, maybe a little notepad of some kind? Oh, of course, doctor's office. So yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm gonna go over and help myself to it uh, mm -hmm. and write down an address on it on a sheet of paper and tear it off. Hmm. Turn to the doctor. Summon your man. Hmm. So uh, he he looks at the at the address and and says, uh, I, "I'm not sure what you mean, Monsieur." Your the man who answered the door. Your uh, valet. Not of sure. course, yes. So he he calls for uh, you know, Beddoes, and and, um, and his his valet appears. Go to this address. So I'll hand the paper to the valet. Go to this address, and uh, seek out uh, the four people there, and have them come here. Uh, as soon as possible. All right. Uh, at once, sir. So, um, <clears throat> yes. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Auguste uh, says, uh, 
what are you what are your plans for me sir you are not uh, i hope going to tell my brother what i have revealed to you i look at him i should i should tell everyone but unfortunately there are more pressing matters right now and so we find ourselves on the same side and that all kind of peek out the curtains hmm. to the front area and see if i can spot those uh two gentlemen yep they are still standing outside indolently smoking okay so uh i'll let the curtain slide i'll turn back to the doctor there's two men out there do you see them moves over and looks out oh yes are they yours? No, I've never seen those men before. Good. I want you to go outside and tell them that uh, you need help. That a man who has come to visit you uh, has passed out in your parlor and uh, they need to f- uh, send someone quickly. Okay. Uh, very well. So he departs and uh, assume you watch from the window as he heads out onto the street, crosses the street, talks to the men for you know a brief moment. They uh, look a little alarmed and they look up towards you know the office, uh, but then begin running across the street. Towards the office? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So is there anywhere to hide in the parlor? Oh, naturally, yes. Uh, I mean, any any number of places. You know, large furniture, uh, curtains, uh, you know, a, 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 a fern hanging in a macrame sling. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, I will... Uh, draw my sword and hide behind the largest piece of furniture that I can find. Okay. So you hear the uh, door downstairs burst open. You hear them clomping up the stairs. They come running in. They're looking around. Where is he? And so one of them shouts, uh, I'll go look elsewhere. And he runs off down the hall. Okay. So is the doctor in here with me? The doctor has been left in their in their dust, so what he's up to, you do not know. Okay. They came running in as soon as he told them that you had passed out. All right, so I am going to, uh, when the other one leaves, come up behind the first one and put my sword to his neck. Ooh. All right. Um... So he feels the blade against his neck and he immediately puts his hands up. Close the door. Okay. And so keeping the, the blade kind of right at his like Adam's apple, I'll lead him over to the chair. Sit down. He sits. Who are you and your friend and what do they want with me? What do you want with me? Uh, so he's he's keeping his hands up, but he's uh, he's looking to the door, 
and he says uh he says uh sir i i assure you we we wanted uh to do no harm to you whatsoever we we just came with a message and that message so at that point uh you know he uh or you you hear behind you you know the the latch on the door turning and the other guy is like you know pierre pierre what is going on in there Tell him nothing. Uh, nothing. And he looks back at you and he, he says, look, we were just, we were paid money to come. Oh, look, Kenny, he's back. We were paid money to come and, and deliver a message to you. And, and perhaps we were told that we should reinforce that message with our fists, but I'm happy to just convey the message to you verbally. We don't need to escalate to violence by any means all right tell me this message quickly and i'll apply a little bit of pressure to the sword tip uh just stop looking into the brownies murder that's all and who hired you to send this message i don't know who she is it was a, a tall blonde woman do i know anything about uh this uh Bernadette, like what do I kind of remember how much of that information I not sure if you're party to any of it actually. I mean, I... I did um ask them if they had spotted her and then I described her and they recognized that they saw her leaving the mm, margarine factory when they went that's there. True. But yes. beyond being told that she is a lying Prussian um with perfect <laughs> hair. I, they have not been told anything. <laughs> Although so, I think that you guys told us um, that she was at uh, yeah, what's his name's office and stole Iskander's yeah. plans as well. Yeah, we did discuss that she's she's a thieving, lying Prussian. Oh, okay. With perfect hair. <laughs> did uh, Grant and uh, Frederick see? Were, were we the ones who saw her leaving? the uh margarine factory yes okay so uh i asked this this guy uh describe her to me leave no detail undescribed <laughs> leave no detail often. unturned yeah <laughs> yeah undescribelich uh so um yeah he he does so um and Hmm. Any mention hmm. of a, a monocle, perhaps? I remember that was something that stood out. No mention of a monocle. Hmm. Then clearly it's not her. He says she was dressed in simple, uh, like kind of middle class garb. Um, very plain in her aspect. Did she give you a name? No. No, sir. She just paid us cash and he he reaches into a, a small you know front pocket of his waistcoat and withdraws some like crumpled up banknotes okay keep the money if she comes to you again tell her you delivered the message and i'll tell your associate out there to leave through the front door of course thank you sir we are in your debt Okay, so once, uh, if, if they do go through with that, I'll, you know, mm -hmm. 
carefully, you know, sword raised. Mm-hmm. Keep going. <laughs> Keep walking. And then, uh, yeah, and then make myself a stiff drink while I wait for uh, my friends to arrive. <laughs> it's like hands shaking. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. So, yes, Brexta, you were heading back to the encampment, correct? Um, sort of. I was trying to figure out if perhaps before we had all split ways, if we had discussed meeting back up, since I think we determined the Astrid's apartment is between the encampment, the mm -hmm. margarine factory, and also in the neighborhood of uh, Monsieur Lamont. Mm -hmm. So That's reasonable. And I feel like, especially if there's going to be some sort of a confrontation, um, because the encampment just has so many people there, it'd probably be more prudent to have numbers, even if it's just to have destruction. So I think that I would probably go and opt to meet up with everybody, relay what I've found, and then discuss confronting uh, Danielle. Okay, cool. Sounds good. And how I think that just leaves Grant. What's Grant uh, doing? Oh, man. <laughs> the last I recall, I was with Haas's stooges just chilling in my apartment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's kind of where I left. Unpaid interns. That's yeah. right. The interns. Didn't they finish the copy and then you were heading? I don't remember if you got back to the factory or if you were heading that way. I think you had though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To re-deliver the papers mm -hmm. to Monsieur Hoog. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I need to get those. I need to get those back to him for sure. And you had your little encounter down at the bar as well. Oh yes. In the uh, or did I? <laughs> or did you? You had a drink at the hotel bar. That's all we know. <laughs> All right, great. So it sounds like everybody is converging on um, uh, Astrid's apartment. And um, and so uh, so it goes. Uh, Grant, you drop off the papers with uh, Hoog, uh, who is uh, quite happy to have them back, obviously. Uh, and, um, you know, makes an appointment with you to uh, meet over lunch uh luncheon uh you oh, know, in a couple days yeah we had briefly discussed if i was actually going to put some money into him that's right uh which i was apt to do mm -hmm. so this being a sunday and all there's you know not much business to be transacted so he's he's uh all all good to go for luncheon tomorrow monday uh to uh to discuss business and perhaps head on down to the bank you know <laughs> Draw some cash, cut a check, etc. All that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Brexta, you arrive at Astrid's apartment as well. So it's like Seinfeld, Castle Falkenstein style, just like one person after another buzzing to be let up, you know, making a comedic entrance. Yeah, stand-up slap face. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right, so presently, uh, the four of you are gathered in Astrid's laboratory slash apartment.
Yeah, it's been a while since we've all been here. So there's the kitchen, there's some tea. I can have Potterfield put on um, some water if you want some and yeah, make yourself comfortable. So how how is how does Potterfield appear? Like, I mean, is there like a a long coat and hat kind of situation or, or what's going on? I don't on? think Potterfield would wear their hat inside. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, there would definitely be very apparent like piecemeal sort of patchwork thing going on there for sure mm -hmm. so uh so the rest of you are getting an opportunity to meet this mysterious potterfield for the first time yeah what exactly could you describe potterfield please sure um potterfield i mean very literally although the seams are much better now um is parted together um, and not in ways that necessarily always make sense. Like it's not just like a random non-matching limb or whatever, um, like part of their their kind of chimeraed out face wise. So they have like some like different skin tones, different eyes. There's like obvious places where like different parts of skull have been put together. Um, they walk with a limp because their limbs don't match up. Uh, but yeah, otherwise they seem friendly enough. Uh, considering, <laughs> <laughs> considering my, uh, my recent midweek taster, um, I'm definitely off put by the, I'm not, I'm not to the who sent you levels quite yet, <laughs> but I'm definitely like, uh, uh, this thing is foul and I am, uh, it turns my stomach just looking at you, Potterfield. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty perceptive. I would see that people are not comfortable, but like, don't worry too much. It's not really Potterfield's fault. I mean, someone did this to them and they ended up with me. So I'm keeping them safe, but they're, they're very nice. So you're not responsible for this? Oh no, I wish I knew how to do all this stuff, but no, I was just cutting up corpses to learn more about medicine. Okay, fair. <laughs> Like you do. Yeah. It's a age-old practice. <laughs> it's so cheerful. I think that... Personally, I can vouch for taking something apart and putting it back together to determine its inner workings. This all makes sense. And that was exactly my thought. If this is how I learn about how machines work, then obviously I can do the same thing with people. I haven't been able to extrapolate it correctly to animals yet. I tried drawing a skeleton diagram from what I've learned of human skeletons. And then I put, you know, I put Katsubu's head on it and it did not look right. So I'm I Katsubu think I have to do more <laughs> research before I can effectively heal him. I think up until you mentioned all of that, I probably would have been fine with Potterfield. I imagine I thought that Potterfield probably is, uh, maybe Faye in origin, but not particularly skilled. Like, mm -hmm. maybe this is its first time uh, manifesting and just, like, didn't quite get it right. Um, <laughs> but if you mention that someone else <laughs> you mentioned that someone else did this to, uh, to them, I think I'll kind of, like, sidle over and sort of, like, peer a little more curiously. Like, I'm intrigued by the thought of it being um, thought of them being a creation rather than like self-created, mm. if that makes sense. 
Yeah. I'll try to be subtle about it, but I'm definitely peeking <laughs> at how it's all uh, put together. Yeah. For Iskander's part, he's was at first taken aback, but as soon as Astrid explained, kind of like he remarked, it all made sense. Like, oh, of course, yes, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> all right. It starts to think, hmm, <laughs> I think maybe, okay. I think in that context, I my tinkering is poor, so it's probably, <laughs> it's way over my head, and I'm like, this is probably uh, uh, something that ought not be done a second time. <laughs> Surely you can see the parallels between this and alchemy, the deconstruction and reconstruction of constituent parts. Mm. Is there not a parallel there? Uh, well, I'd say there was, but, you know, my gun ain't walking around buying groceries and whatnot. Was there Says not the a man. safe of butter talking not a moment ago? That was a freak accident, sir, and I... <laughs> <laughs> you just need more practice is what you're saying i and i i'm like that's a freak accident sir and i look at potterfield i'm like beg your pardon <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> uh, insinuate that you too are a freak accident sir uh madam uh, uh potterfield but uh <clears throat> yeah that was a hopefully once in a lifetime mistake that I do not, in, 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 I did not intend to create nor replicate. <laughs> I, I pray to this. the merciful creator that it will never happen again. <laughs> if oh, there man. is any goodness in this universe. <laughs> yeah. Definitely did not ask for this. Yeah. <laughs> Scanner is just full on Dwight Schrute. Like, I don't believe you continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so as you're having this um, metaphysical debate about Potterfield, uh, yet again, a, someone enters the building and appears knocking Astrid at your apartment chamber door. Now, in these exciting Falkenstinian apartments, is there mm -hmm. any way, is there like a peephole or anything like that? What I'm kind of picturing is that since this is sort of like a converted like loft area of a, of an office building, um, you know, it's it's actually was not designed as a residential uh, dwelling. So probably there's like a transom and like a frosted glass, you know, door, right? What sort of silhouette do I see in the door? It is uh, probably a masculine silhouette, uh, tall, thin. Uh, very good posture. Shall I answer the door for you, Astrid? Oh, yeah, hold on. There's someone at the door. Of course I would answer it. It's me, Astrid. I'm always <laughs> answering doors. So, yeah, I'll just go open it. Like, hello. Just open uh, it all the way, not like just, a yeah. or anything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you see standing before you a man dressed in uh, valet's clothes, and uh, and he's he uh, you know gives you a little bow, and then uh, says, "I was told to deliver this card to you, or to the resident of this uh, building." And he holds out, or not card rather, but a slip of paper, and he holds out a slip of paper. All right. 
So I take it and I rummage around in my dress pockets to <laughs> provide a tip because he's not a brownie. And uh, I read the slip of paper contents. And uh, Frederick just wrote, come to this address or, or what have you. Yeah, it was very brief. But yeah, I had the address on there. Did you sign it? Yes. Okay. Oh, it looks like uh, Frederick needs us to go somewhere. Uh, is everyone ready to travel? It's not far. Yeah, I'm ready to go right now. Let's go. As I <laughs> start moving away from Potterfield. <laughs> I've never guns. been more ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go right now. Let's. In fact, I'm ahead of you. I'm way ahead of you. Is Potterfield ready? <laughs> Already. Yeah, I was going to say, come Potterfield. Perhaps you can be of some assistance. <laughs> <laughs> We'll all take the same carriage. You can have the seat next to Mr. Grant. <laughs> right, yeah. Mr. Morgan. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, I definitely, if there's instructions for one of my friends that says to go somewhere, I'm going to do it. So I'm good to mm -hmm. go. Might I examine this message from Herr Haas? Of course. Thank you. I'd like to take it and look at it to see if I can ascertain his uh if it was written in his own hand not handwriting analysis or whatever just if it looks like it was written all fancy by someone dictated you know what i mean written mm -hmm. by someone else or if it's written somewhat shakily with like ink blotches from you know splattering get get a sense of the emotion behind the uh, does the it reading. look like it was written while also holding a sword so <laughs> <laughs> yeah ah, okay sherlock <laughs> <laughs> As you can see here, Watson, the uh, distinctive <laughs> pressure of the pen on the paper indicates that the subject was holding a sword in his other hand. Right. No, I just mean, you know, does it look like it was written hastily and perhaps shakily? With the uh, probably. Unless, similar? I, I would say normally, unless, Alex, you feel like Frederick is the type who has impeccable penmanship at all times. No. Uh, it was def it definitely looks like it was hastily written. The penmanship is very good, but there are ink splotches. Uh, certain uh, a T wasn't crossed, you know, uh, properly. Mm -hmm. It was kind of very hastily done. So it does look like it was done quickly and uh, a little haphazardly. Okay. Just logically, it would seem that the gentleman of Herhas's station would spend a great deal of time composing memos and similar. Uh, this does not reflect such skill. I deduce from this that he is uh, perhaps agitated, maybe even under duress. We should make all haste to his assistance. I, I say from the hallway, yep, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just hear like horse hooves, ka clop, ka clop, ka clop. <laughs> yeah, where did you get that horse from? Potter <laughs> feels like comes out like, you forgot your hat, Mr. Gray. I'm like, you know what? It's all yours. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, off you go. You're on your way. Um, so y'all hop aboard a horse-drawn omnibus for your cross-country uh, cross country, cross city journey. Um, it's fairly crowded with passengers, as these things tend to be. Uh, 
And uh, uh, Brexta, as you are, you know, seated on one of the bench seats, uh, you feel a little uh, tugging at the back of your uh, collar, and then a lighting on your shoulder is a, a tiny little pixie. Hello, my dear. All right, so it says, um, I have a response to your letter to Lord Oberon. Excellent, thank you. And so it uh, produces from this little uh, case a uh, tiny, tiny little letter and uh, hands it to you and then flutters off. And I'm imagining, because I'm small, but, you know, it's at least not, like, as comically small as, like, if a Scander was trying to, like... Oh, yeah, I mean, that would be ridiculous, yeah. That would be, like... But, yeah, was this, like, you know, dictated but not read, like, onto a leaf or something? Exactly, I was gonna say, (laughs) yeah, it's definitely on a leaf. Um, Written in glitter. Exactly. (laughs) You have to kind of shake the glitter off. Well, you know, everything pixie, just... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Glitter everywhere. Mm -hmm. Glitter bombs. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, so yeah, it's it's an odd sort of little cryptic message. And, uh, of course, and it it just says, uh, it just says, remember the Teus are not all like the brownies. Can you spell that for me? <laughs> that is T E U Z. And yes. as a fairy yourself, you would know what a Teus is. Mm-hmm. It is a a form of brownie from Brittany. <gasps> from Brittany, you say? From Brittany. Uh, as with all brownies. They perform great works. However, they are also known for their superior knack for shape-shifting. So... I feel like this must be conveying... I mean, first off, the true nature of Danielle herself mm. not being a typical brownie. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, considering my own uh, recent questionable plans to use shape-shifting to uh, do uh, things, I'm wondering, I don't know, what, what possible manifestations she might have been using recently to... I don't know, sneak about or do something. Mm-hmm. Apart from, I don't know, uh, as a fairy, I'm loathe to do something as crass as like exposing her to iron to like cause, say, a shapeshift to falter. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. especially for brownies, are there other things that they're especially averse to that I could potentially? use to our uh, advantage see here if they have any weaknesses other than iron um let's see 
they just have your typical brownie, you know, things of like not wanting to be paid and, mm-hmm. you know, working at night and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll share my letter and revelations with my companions. Um, and I suppose take the ride as an opportunity to describe the painting that I found in the Louvre, which down to the very last detail depicts Danielle and Michelle up on the stage, um, much as the day of the protest. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the Danielle figure holding some kind of a uh, mirror or the reflective item mm-hmm. as well. Not to mention the fact that uh, the painter Dodd is from Brittany, if I remember correctly, as is uh, the Tegus themselves. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that events have happened before. really shows what happened, then certainly a mirror could have been used to trigger the light-sensitive cell on a weapon. How could, I mean, how old is this painting at this point? It was like 20 or 30 years old, right? Yeah, 18, uh, about 10 years old. About 10 years old. Okay. Okay. Yeah, how how could this Dodd character know exactly what was going to happen? Well, he is known for being mad, as brilliant as he is mad. Um, Although, I don't know, it's possible if uh, these are the Teyus and they're shapeshifters that um, the true identities of Danielle and her companions might not be what they seem. It could be that they saw the painting and took it as inspiration for their own imagery. Interesting. It's a good theory. Unless, I don't know, someone truly masterful uh, has manipulated the painting after the fact. Although I I don't suspect that that is true. Well, I mean, we don't... So you're saying there's some shape-shifting types who are real good at it. Well, to some degree, all fairies are capable of shape-shifting. but truly some are uh, more practiced at it or have a better knack for it than others, are able to uh, assume a more convincing visage with lower effort and for a longer period of time. Do you think one of these fairies might be shape-shifting into somebody of importance around here? Do you think uh, Mr. Hoog is a shape-shifter, for example? I don't think that I've met Mr. Hoog, so I, I don't know that I could speak to that, but it's possible that perhaps someone within the police, Paris government is being uh, manipulated, or it could be that again, the true identities of our uh, rebellious uh, fey protesters is not exactly what it seems. Would these other brownies have any interest in causing an issue with, you know, with, with the pact? 
trying to cause unrest and do all sorts of things. I don't know why anyone would want to do that. Well, and in particular, brownies are not known for being allied with the unseelie. Um, they are themselves very domestic and typically very amenable to our relationship with mankind. I don't believe that it would be for the purposes of causing mass violence, no. But that being said, I I don't know what would possess a, a fairy to uh, cause the complete destruction of another's soul. That does not make sense to me. Does shape-shifting go only one way, I wonder? Like, could you, could one of these uh, fairies who are very good at shape-shifting, could they shape-force it upon another? That would be not shape-shifting, but casting a glamour. Um, that is certainly more challenging, and I don't believe it's typical of, of the brownies. That being said, I imagine anyone who studied hard enough for long enough could potentially cast a glamour that convincing. I understand. Man, this mystery is hurting my brain. We got clues and uh, suspects every which way. It's hard for me to keep my hat straight. All right. With that, the uh, omnibus pulls up outside the or, or pulls up at the nearest corner to where the uh, indicated address is. You all debark and uh, make your way up to the street number, and thence up to this office where Frederick is waiting for you. Is there a sign out or anything like you know spooky like? I am like, you know, mesmers for cheap or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> or... I, th I think I, I did say that it just says, you know, Dr. Auguste Voisson, okay. uh, you know, phrenologist and specialist or something to that effect, you know. Hmm. Okay. Well, this looks like the police. When we like get in, is like the valet back already all like sweating and stuff like got his hands on his knees like <sighs> <sighs> he was doing like parkour across paris to get ahead of you <laughs> accept us into the i'm imagining him on the same omnibus but like kind of yeah. trying to like ignore us the whole time and then like hustling to get off right before yeah. us so he can yeah. let us in this is awkward yeah, like he gets to the door right before you, then opens it, and then turns around, steps inside, closes it, and then opens it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> hello. Yeah, he's a good worker. Those are, hard to find. Those are hard to find. He takes his job seriously. All right. So, um, so yeah. So the valet uh, sees you in, and uh, and up to the parlor where uh, where Frederick is waiting. Oh, welcome. Thank you for I feel coming. Iskander like would burst in the door because he was quite alarmed based on the state of the penmanship. So he would feel as though you were in dire need of assistance. So he would probably smash it open and, like, um, Kramer style, <laughs> just like <laughs> bust in the room. 
Oh, What's that, going on, yeah. buddy? Are you if, okay? <laughs> if I if I get that kind of body language from Iskander, I my my gun is cocked. It's not it's not out of the holster, but I'm ready. So when I burst I'm in on like, you and you're just fine, it's a little uh, disconcerting. You know, yeah, looking around a for maybe brandy and a, like a cigar. <laughs> Right, just taking your ease. They're like everything's cool. Right. Looking around behind the curtains and whatnot for who's holding a secret gun on you or something like that. Well, and imagining the message this, seems quite urgent. I'm imagining that Vassan, right, is like now like a guest in his own office. Like actually, like... Vassan has not returned uh, after Frederick sent him out on the street. Ooh. Well, okay. you have a new office, Frederick. Ooh. Is there a bar? This is my office now. <laughs> it sure is. Help my yourself. rights of mental conflict. Oh, yeah. If <laughs> I write these your office, office. I found it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I put the hammer down on my gun, and then I go over to where Haas is standing, and I get a drink. Mm-hmm. I say, well, good to see you, Haas. You doing all right? Likewise. Uh, I apologize for sending the note and, and uh, being uh, vague about it. I was... Afraid that things would have gone worse than they did. It actually ended up quite well, but I'll tell you all about it, please. Uh, please, uh, you know, I bring out, you know, some drinks or, you know, just kind of uh, offer the seats and then uh, proceed to explain everything that went down. Uh, the uh, two people following me, uh, the meeting with Bassan, the sort of uh, little mental uh, duel the revelations uh, that he indeed was responsible for mesmerizing uh, the entirety of the, or a lot of the Paris uh, police department as well as the prefect. And finally, the revelation that those uh, men were hired by a blonde woman, whom I will describe in as much detail as they provided. Uh, although unfortunately I wasn't able to get a name and I think that's everything. Oh, and that Wasan uh, fled and uh, did not return. I think we ought to put our heads together and lay out all these clues and figure out if they've got any relation to one another and try to figure this damn thing out before my head hurts anymore. <laughs> Would I recognize the description that Haas gives as being Bernadette in one of her like guises, like when she takes off her monocle to look like normal, like it's her Clark Kent moment or whatever? <laughs> I love the idea that a monocle, yeah, <laughs> the monocle could disguise somebody's identity. All right, <laughs> or like taking it off. Where did Bernadette go? <laughs> Although, who's this ass- nerd? <laughs> You you know this uh, Miss Fink von Finkenstein quite well, and you say that she is known to leave a calling card at each of her her spots, I suppose, where oh, she has been making mischief. Typical of her, although to be fair, she was described by Lamont, but did not leave a calling card there, so... But perhaps it was only her visage who went to the Mott's and not uh, Miss Finkenstein herself. That would I wonder make more sense. if her image was borrowed, per se. Um, the one who I mean, borrowed her may not know 
to have left a, a calling card behind. Couldn't, couldn't really blame the choice, really. I mean, have you seen her hair? Jeez. Um, but yes, that would definitely make more sense. Doing things that are out of character, not relishing in the thievery and whatnot. So that's very possible. Where was this? Where was this woman seen? What was she doing? She hired the two men who were pursuing me to deliver a message that we should uh, stop investigating the fairy, the Fay incident with the brownies. Uh, and uh, the message was to be delivered with some good old fashioned. Uh, <laughs> it's a good old fashioned beatdown, and uh, so apparently, whoever it was was quite adamant about that. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Haas, was this the woman that we saw leaving Monsieur Hoog's margarine factory? I assumed it might have been, but uh, the description they gave was insufficient. Uh, I didn't see her myself, but it, it could easily have been. And it also, if, say, uh, someone had shape-shifted into her image to visit Lamotte, stealing the photovoltaic rifle plans without leaving the calling card. It could have been a sloppy impersonation that had hired the goons instead. Yes, I mean, that's very true, especially looking so plain um, as they describe this figure. I think that makes much more sense unless she's getting really into the dirt with this one so are we saying that she's our prime suspect here in controlling and manipulating this uh brownie assassination i think it might be more likely that she is very um shall we say uh infamous in some ways not terribly conspicuous she might be the perfect scapegoat for someone who wants to avert attention from their own identity so you're thinking there may be some power behind the throne, so to speak. Or simply that it could be one of the protesters, say, Itayu's uh, practiced shapeshifter, uh, saw her leaving the margarine factory, uh, took a liking to her image, and used it. But we still don't have a motive. I mean, can we all put our heads together and think who... I mean, if, if you were going to come to me with this kind of information, I'd, I'd just tell you, you know, follow the money. Who stands to profit from killing off a brownie at a margarine factory that ain't going to make margarine in a few weeks? Hmm. Who stands to profit from war? War between the fairies and the humans, nonetheless. Between the French and the Prussians. Indeed. And the French and the Prussians. Perhaps selling arms to both sides. I must retrieve my plans. Well, I mean, don't forget the scrap of Lamotte's design was found in the Brownie camp. And I think Rex had the right of it. We should go ask some more questions. I think perhaps if we attempted to um, infiltrate the camp, saying that we were supporters and perhaps trying to I don't know, gain access either to the whisperings therein or perhaps some other letters or manifestos even. It might prove fruitful. Well, that 
That may be on you, Brexta, as I've kind of uh, seated myself firmly with Monsieur Hoog. I don't want him getting wind that I'm visiting the fairy camp that uh, is causing him so much trouble. Is there a way to detect if a person is shapeshifted, uh, some manner to uh, know for certain? Um, hmm, not really, no. There's no, like... Uh... And I know this is uh, distasteful, and I apologize, Brexa, but what if we were to utilize uh, cold iron and <sighs> place it upon the individual? I will say, cold iron is, and I'm sure she goes a bit pale at this, uh, quite extreme. You have to understand there are uh, many materials, many um, uh, experiences that we find unpleasant enough without having to be quite so unpleasant. Uh, You understand the damage from cold iron is permanent, unlike most others. Um, But the rest are still, I assure you, quite uh, undesirable. Again, I, I apologize. I did not mean to step out. I was thinking of perhaps something we could uh, just keep within proximity and, and know if, if, uh, if, you know, to gauge the, the person's reaction. If it was this, uh, this Bernadette and we were to approach her with something like that, would she react if she were uh, not actually Bernadette? Well, certainly if she were uncomfortable enough um, and were shape-shifting, it could disrupt her focus and cause her uh, manifestation to falter. Uh, It is truly challenging to maintain one's composure and comportment uh, in the presence of such substances. Uh, Also, I assume the shape-shift is superficial. I could always try asking her a question, only she would know the answer to. That certainly does work. Uh, To be fair, um, well, we can only copy what we've seen, so I imagine uh, she would be appearing in probably the same set of clothes day after day, if that might be unusual for her. Um, Any birthmarks or other markings that might be hidden by clothes uh, would not be there underneath. Um, as those things are simply beyond uh, our imaginations. Well, so what do we think is the next move here? I feel like we don't have a a whole lot of information to, uh, you know, uh, pull the ax down on anybody. Uh, But certainly there are things happening and there's gears rotating and plans moving and what have you. I think something needs to get done. I'm just sure not the hell what. Well, I know you kind of are a man on the inside with uh, Hoog. If you didn't want to go to the camp, you could hang out with Potterfield while we visit, and then we can hop right over and tell you what we we found. Hmm, you know. (laughs) Or perhaps, uh, Grant, if you are um, keen on continuing uh, appearances for the sake of uh, Monsieur Hoog, um, was uh, this Bernadette not uh, one of his acquaintances? Perhaps he would be able to introduce you and he might be able to investigate uh, mm. her a little more closely than 
that's a great idea. Yeah, I like that idea. You have a plan. A cunning plan. Uh, yeah, yeah, a three-parter. Yeah, plan is so cunning, you can brush your teeth with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> for real. Uh, yeah, so we've established that we have, right now, I believe we have five clues, unless we're overlooking or forgetting something. We have the Iskander's, we have Iskander's gun plans were stolen for the minigun, of which Bernadette, uh, a woman described closely matching Bernadette, uh, was there. Uh, Lamotte's solar trigger plans were stolen, and he's the gunsmith. Um, and we found Bernadette's card there. And Hoog had stopped making margarine and started making guns as he was contracted through a, through the Prussians via Bernadette. Mm-hmm. And Haas and I saw Bernadette leaving the margarine factory at some point. Excellent. Yeah. So we got to go where the first part is where uh, a few of us are going to, we're going to split the party. Of course. Of course. And some of us are going to go to the ferry camp uh, to tie up some loose ends and figure out what's going on over there. Cause we suspect some um, shape-shifting tomfoolery uh, while me and potentially uh, Mr. Haas will go talk to Hoog and try to arrange a meeting with Bernadette and see what goes on there. And then I think Iskander may get to work on creating some kind of device. I mean, yeah, if we think it's necessary, worthwhile enough, because there are other, you know, other options fielded like the, um, interrogation um astrid style and interrogation frederick style so yeah it's two different (laughs) i i think iskander's goggle device maybe like a if we are really running into a brick wall maybe that's uh, something he can start working on because i don't know exactly how inventions work with time or whatever no idea yeah time is definitely a component like the example that they give uh, something would take uh, 15 weeks if you wanted to make a fabulous flying belt <laughs> of yeah. a ornithopter I spring. I think that a lot of those things end up being kind of like winter phasey sort of mm-hmm. events. Yeah. yeah. The twixt mystery ones. Yeah. Um, right. It takes me five minutes to cast a spell sometimes. That does make me <laughs> want to play Inspector Gadget or... The other character I was thinking about when, like, Alex's stuff having so stressed last time was like, I want to be like a stage magician mesmer person. That would be cool too. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So let's see here. So let's do the uh, camp, the, bra- the uh, protest camp first, shall we? So who all's going to that? Iskander. All right. Uh, Grant, did you want anyone with you to talk to Hoog, or do you want to solo it? Whoever wants to come talk to Hoog with me is is more than welcome. Maybe not Brexta, because I know Hoog doesn't like fairies, and fairies don't like Hoog. So 
Um, but yeah, I think anybody else, it, it might actually be worthwhile to have somebody who is a tinkerer come with me because this fool thinking, likes technology. I might go with you because he's seen me before. He knows I'm in the area and I'm associated with you and Frederick as like someone who runs messages at the very least. Totally. Mm. And I might even be like, this is my, um, this is my, uh, what do you call that? When you like consult somebody, this is my consultant on all matters technological. Cause you know, that stuff goes above and beyond uh, this old head and blah, blah, blah. So what are we trying to uh, get out of who during this? Uh, info on Bernadette or a meeting with Bernadette? Yeah, ideally a meeting with Bernadette because I would I want to talk to her and just kind of see what she's up to um, and be like, you know, kind of like, uh, hey, you get around town and I hear your name a lot and this and that. Would it be worthwhile to bring the documents that we... Uh, well, not we, but the interns painstakingly copied with us uh, just in case we need to use them as a uh, leverage. Maybe not bring them with us because I would hate for them to like slip out of my pocket while Hoog is there. Um, but Because yeah, he already returned the originals at this point. I did return the originals. Can I get a, David, can I get a, just a quick synopsis of what was all in those documents one more time? Of course. Uh, what would be the easiest way? Let's see here. He's like, of okay. course, go back and listen to it, you lazy bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> For I can wait. Yeah. I can wait. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's see here. I don't know it was in here somewhere. Um... Okay, so yeah, it was a deed to the factory, uh, and then it was various uh, rejected uh, loan applications from banks around Paris, and uh, correspondence with the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, uh, promising that, you know, they would uh, license out their... Uh, you know, design for him to use uh, once he's got his factory up and running and an insurance policy for the property, which would fetch a tidy sum if cashed in. And do do do. Uh, and then, of course, the um, the court, the uh, promissory note uh, from uh, Bernadette. Uh, discussing possible plans for arms manufacturing of a mini Gatling gun and letter of interest from the Prussian government, essentially. essentially. So all pretty juicy stuff. Now that insurance policy, if mm -hmm. he got brownies to protest and then say burn his factory down after making all these public demonstrations and then got to cash that in. That's kind of motivation. Just some food for thought. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, Cause it's like, oh, the, you know, he's not even making margarine anymore or interested in it. It's a win-win for him either He's going to make a bunch of money selling guns to the Prussian government, or he's going to make a bunch of money with his burned down ass factory. So Hoog is definitely, I don't want to say he's playing both sides, but he's definitely prepared for either one to win. 
Yeah, he's hedging his bets a little bit. I'm getting I'm getting crazy adrenaline right now. <laughs> why, am I, why do my kidneys hurt? <laughs> I know we cracked this we cracked this case wide open. I thought Hoog was a pawn, but it sounds to me like he's running the ship now. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna put this dude's head in the ground. Somebody better come with me to restrain me. <laughs> I have physique. It's fine. There you go. I was gonna say, ask Astrid to hold you back. <laughs> yeah, I am an old man, so I don't think you'll have a problem. <laughs> I think I old man strength to the uh, factory as well. Okay, so we got Frederick, Astrid, and Grant going to the factory, and so that's Brexta and Iskander going to the camp. Correct. Sounds right. All yeah. right. All right. So what the mischief will we get into yeah. there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So actually, I'm going to flip it, and let's do the factory first. So we have our trio. Now, is this later in, on Sunday that you're heading over, or uh, are you waiting until mm -hmm. Monday? I would Monday. say if if he's not interested so, in doing business on Sunday, we might as well wait. Because you had a lunch meeting with him already for tomorrow. True. Yeah. So we yeah. can roll mad deep on that, too. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I could... I could chill for the rest of the day, honestly, while they do fairy business stuff, because I don't okay. want to be—I don't want to be seen in the fairy camp. That works. Gonna All go right. try to hide from maybe zombies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just if, a... you're, if you're taking the day off, I can go to the camp then. I'll take the day off, but I—I kind of want to just mosey around Paris, and I'm not really looking for anything in particular, but I got my eye out, you know, so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, if you hear any David, stories any... about weird walking corpses, do not listen to them. I will not engage. It's uh, propaganda. Yeah, if there's any kind of rat folk ambushers on the way, let me know. <laughs> if you find any warpstone deposits on the way. Yes. <laughs> Don't tempt me to find some warpstone in Castle Falkenstein. I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover. <laughs> All right. So in that case, fine. We'll do the fairy camp first, and Astrid's going to uh, tag along. It occurs to me, just real quick, that if it was apparent at all to Iskander that the, his plans, like that's his number one priority, is retrieving his plans. Mm -hmm. and destroying them so they don't fall into the wrong hands so if the if the dividing was like we're gonna go here we're gonna go there and it was party knowledge that it's like those were in the safe papers not not the plans themselves but the like mention mm -hmm. of them mm -hmm. you would probably want to go there rather than uh the camp just as a bit of a okay. thing but All right. sounds like we're going to the camp first and then the thing is going to do both yeah yes. that actually sounds like it works out nicely that we can kind of tackle that uh, chronologically. Yep, that works. You can have it all. That's right. On the off-world colonies. Okay, so... Um, very good. So you return to the camp. It is uh, late Sunday afternoon at this point. You've had a very busy day. Uh, and, um, in fact, it's getting on towards uh, supper time as you uh, walk towards this, you know, um, somewhat derelict uh, warehouse and um, vacant lot that's been taken over and turned into a uh, 
you know, a, a gathering point, a marshalling point. That's what I'm looking for uh, for these these protesters. Um, there are uh, just as many people here as when Brexta uh, visited. Uh, Katsabu also has turned up and is uh, trotting alongside Frederick. And um, uh, you know, there's there's actually perhaps even more people here because you know word of that assassination has gotten around and it is uh really getting people sort of motivated like oh man like blood has been shed what the hell you know this is serious business it's kind of escalating the tension but it's also attracting more people so there's uh member members of the uh anarchist commune handing out leaflets uh there are um, other like underground publishers handing out uh, papers like the Women's Union, uh, you know, and and other sort of like you know, um, uh, sort of radical political uh, screeds of that nature, and um, and uh, yeah, there's there's just uh, any number of um, hired muscle, let's just say, uh, in the vicinity providing security. And so as you approach, uh, you know, again, you are intercepted by uh, this time about half a dozen of these guys, since there's like four of you. And uh, they all form this wall of flesh in front of you and are crossing their arms across their chest. And one of them says, uh, what do you all want? Uh, I'm, I am quite distinctive looking. And also, I'd like to think distinctively on the side of the any sympathizers mm -hmm. you, is it possible that any of them recognize me from the last time i was here when they let me in <laughs> <laughs> um let's see here yes in fact um one of them was around when you were last here mm -hmm. so you know first like what do you want then he, he spots your little small frame amongst the you know human-sized people and, mm -hmm. oh it's you <clears throat> uh Madame Bandi left specific instructions that she does not wish to meet with you again. Ooh, that's exciting in my head. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm so sorry to hear that. I, I hope that our discussion of her friend's death did not upset her uh, so terribly, but I imagine it is a, a difficult time uh, for her in particular, as it is for all of us. I, uh, my friends have heard of the plight of the protesters here, and uh, I thought I would bring them to, I suppose, uh, bear witness and offer their solidarity to the work that is being done here for equality. Hmm. So uh, they kind of, you know, look at each other. Now, let's see here. Let's uh, I'm sure feel... I'm like manipulating my image slightly so like the eyes are a little bigger maybe i look right. a little smaller glowing a little more <clears throat> right right that cherubic innocence <laughs> right so yeah this this will be a little bit of a of a dramatic feat uh so it kind of depends on like how you want to approach it i mean if you if you do want to use glamour you could certainly do that or you could mm -hmm. use something like charisma I do have great charisma, so I think Alrighty. that would be the um, 
the angle that I would try and go. I mean, clearly, you know, my friend, the diplomat is here. He's very interested in your cause and, you know, probably just doing my best to kind of rattle on in my intoxicating little voice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's oppose that charisma. Uh, let's see. They would kind of be just following orders. Um, all right. So we'll just say that falls under courage for them. And what do they have in the way of courage? I think it's probably, yeah, it's just average. Okay. So with your great charisma against their average courage, you're already at a full success. This is a cups related activity. Is there anything I can play to make it more interesting? Do I have, oh, I do have cups. Oh, oh, I have cups. All right. I'm going to play a nine of cups. Mm. So that boosts their courage up to a 13. And you're currently at an eight. All right. I'm going to play this to see what I can get. Ooh, the wheel of fortune, eh? Mm -hmm. All right. Along with uh, dumping your hand. Well, I think that I have to dump my hand because I thought Wheel of Fortune gives me a fresh hand. Oh, oh, does it? Yes. Okay. That's I right. think it's, uh, I get a fresh hand, but I have to use it to um, resolve my feet. Draw six Because I got it new last time. Okay. Oh, I'm looking at the Major Arcana. That's why. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, or uh, the, uh, wait, was I looking? Wheel of Fortune. There are occasions where luck is more valuable than mere skill. The player discards their hand and draws six new cards. They must keep four of the cards drawn and return the other two to the fortune deck. So you don't have to play the cards you draw. Uh, but you get six cards to choose from. And then uh, and then you can go from there. So let's get that in there. And then I will deal six to you. Okay. And there you go. And if I get multiple major arcana... Do I have mm -hmm. to also discard those separately? Like, out of the six, should I still only have one major arcana? No, it's once you've made your decision, okay. then if you, like, if you got, I guess if you got, like, four major arcana, you know, right? Like, you would you would have some discards, obviously, after you okay. return two. But, yeah, it kind of, whoops, okay. I, just dealt, I just dealt you an additional one. That was a mistake. Do not pay attention to that one. Ah, oh, excellent. Okay, so hold on. I need to pull up my... Yes. It's too bad we don't have, like, a cork board with, you know, a bunch of photos. <laughs> red, the red, red line. Red, yeah. yeah, connecting them. That's what it feels like sometimes. Now, I might have to do something kind of wacky, gang. Because I managed to not get a single Cups card. Yeah, I mean... Uh-oh. I know, but... Wacky enough. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to discard three, right? And then resolve okay. with the four that I have. So this guy's a discard. Yep. Um, and then, oh, let's say... This guy's a discard. And... <clears throat> this guy's a discard. 
So. Okay. Was that the one I meant to drop? Well, it doesn't matter now. So here's my thought, gang. I don't have a cup, but maybe one of you has a cup. And I have this guy, which will give us up to one minute to trade cards if we want. Ooh, it says exactly one minute. I better start the stopwatch. Can you only trade one card? It just says exchange cards, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, I can give you a small amount can, of cups. I can so give trade you cards a or exchange hands. But now I'm going to give you two cards. Now, how does it work to um, give someone else a card? Uh, it you says, what does it you can, I can right click and take it. So yeah, you can take okay. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's just trading cards. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, I can give you two cards. I can effectively give you a Queen of Cups. Ooh, that's exciting. With I put down the Empress my and a Two of Cups. So I don't see. Oh wait, there we go. Is it the? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I gave you the. the well, how about this? I will give you the Pentacles since you're brainy. Okay. <laughs> And then Iskander, the wands at least are physique, and then the Ace of Swords is for social. That might be sure. good for intimidation or something. Yeah. All right, that is one minute. <laughs> All right, and then, oh, where is it? Okay. Or I guess I could have just, let's see. What does the Empress do? Just so I can feel. Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. All right. So. Ta-da. Yeah. So there's a Queen of Cups. Nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh. Uh, I got this guy back and I don't think that I was meant to. Sorry. This is one of the ones that I discarded. Because I had a seven, so I discarded three. Okay. All right. So it's a Queen of Cups, which brings me up to... Queen of Cups is good Knight. for yes, and then you had a Two of Cups as well. well I think so. That, that yes. Uh huh. So that is uh, twenty-one, and I had them at uh, what did I say? Uh, Fourteen, right? So twenty-one is a fourteen. Okay, so that is a full success. Excellent. All right. Well done. Now, would it behoove me to get an even higher success in this instance, uh, or am I kind of have... getting as much as I get? Uh, in this instance, a high success wouldn't... Well, a high success could get you through to Madame Bondi, I suppose, but that would require seven more points. Mm, I only have six, alas. Oh. You have the six plus any <laughs> other random card, though? You know, that's the thing, though, is I played the Lovers, the mm. Empress and the Two of Cups for one play, and then this would be my fourth card. Oh, so, yeah. I know, just shy. Damn. That's all right. I suppose I don't necessarily know that I'm looking for an audience with Madame Bondi. I think mm. that if none of my companions can get access, my thought would be maybe to do something more like hmm. wait till she's not in her tent and rifle through her personal effects with some ultra stealth. <laughs> sure thing. Will not put a scander in charge of the stealth part, though. No. That would be a bad decision. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of looking down at 
Grant is, I imagine he may be I and me sidelong, like, or we could just like, you know, <laughs> do this the easy way, <laughs> get rid of this flesh wall. Oh my God! Except Grant is walk, uh, walk right Grant in. is strolling the boulevards. Right I am now, strolling so. the boulevard right at the moment. Shit, he's not there. That's right. I'm having yeah. visions of Grant. <laughs> but I am here. <laughs> you know, you're just uh, <laughs> my cheap you... labor case. <laughs> <laughs> just eating your camera spec over there. <laughs> Fine. Just forgot <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think that in Iskander's mind you're not as like wantonly violent as Grant is. He's, he just, he's the one the like dude just dude in the heart, and then yeah. whispered sweet nothings into his soul. <laughs> he's that like seemed. So... What does the guy <laughs> have to do to earn a reputation as this? Right, I, that seemed warranted, <laughs> and it was classy. It, yeah, <laughs> it was. You're like sophisticated. Off. <laughs> exactly. You're. You're very like you're the finesse like part of the murder hobo tribe, and then oh my god, I'm just like wanton destruction. Mm. Yeah, it's like rogue and barbarian. Like they're That's you right. know yeah, we're a little different. And then you're the bard, but like yeah, death, bard. The bard. <laughs> death bard. We are a force of good. <laughs> yeah. Let us through. <laughs> Let us through. We will not make you regret it. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. So all I can get is a full success, but a full success nonetheless. That is fine. All right. So they uh, they say, well, very well. We were only told to uh, uh, prevent you from meeting with uh, Madame Bondi. As long as you leave her be, we could uh, uh, certainly we can certainly use as much help as we can get. I understand. I I know I've taken enough time of hers already, and I again I know. Um, it's just such an emotional time for us all. I'm sure she just doesn't have the energy. Mm. Deflect like mad. <laughs> yeah, so I, they I he kind of smiles question. in spite of himself, you know, and, and they, they part ways. Yes, question. So as this is happening, I'm using mm-hmm. my advanced perception um, mm-hmm. to look around. I feel like if someone was like pretending to be a Bernadette and they just happened to be doing that still they wouldn't know that I know them so I don't know that they'd be hiding very well from me anyway but I'm skinning Mm -hmm. because I know exactly what Bernadette looks like so I just want to see if I spot anyone that that might catch my eye in that way sure sure uh, yeah, so you all walk onto the uh, onto the grounds of the encampment. Uh, no sign of any Bernadettes. It's uh, mostly like just farmers, farmers' wives, and uh, fairies. Um, and uh, you know, which is primarily brownies. Although Brexton, now that you kind of know what's what, you do spot some Teus among the crowd here and there. You know. Uh, maybe like one in five are Teus as opposed to brownies. Now, how um, is it that they truly do look a bit different, or do they just yeah they feel different? they look a, they look a little different? Yeah, they, okay. it's it's slight, but you know it's noticeable once you're kind of aware of it. Does it seem then that Danielle Bundy could have been Teus and just hiding it, like melding things out to look slightly brownie? 
Oh, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. All right, so you're on the grounds. What would you like to do? Is this the kind of place that's going to have, like, I don't know, like communal supper kind of a thing? Definitely. Absolutely. Little, little tins and a soup pot with a ladle. What are the odds that uh, Madame Bondy would maybe make an appearance to, like, rally the troops and, you know, keep everyone's spirits up kind of a thing? Definitely good odds, I'd say. I'm trying to gauge like the level of difficulty to perhaps sneak back to her um, personal tent and ethereal my way in to sneak mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No problem. Uh, so yeah, indeed, as you are making your way onto the grounds, uh, the uh, the dinner bell is sounded, and you can see that there's a big long banquet table that's been set up. You know, uh, where people can queue up. They have multiple tureens of of uh, soup, and they're they're serving it up. And uh, as people begin to congregate, you actually do see Madame Bondi uh, in amongst them. She's still wearing her gloves. Yes. Okay. I imagine she'll be wearing her gloves for some time. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to try and communicate as quietly as possible, or perhaps I already did, to my compatriots that if they want to poke around and perhaps be, I suppose, conspicuous without being too conspicuous, um, that I would like to take the opportunity to go um, peek back in her uh, private area. I mean, her tent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, it's not that kind of game. She's distracted <laughs> by the stew. <laughs> Peek at her back. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, certainly if any of them wanted to, you know, talk to her and keep her occupied, you know, she is out and about then. Yeah, I, can do that. And I think Frederick can help with that. Yeah. Definitely. And I could, if we want to divide and conquer, ask around the camp for like, their stories of the day it happened or whatever to see how they describe what they saw on the stage. Mmm. Nice. Nice. How about Iskander? Anything in particular? Or are you getting some stew? Soup? <laughs> Let's see. So Braxta's going off while uh, Madame Bouvier <laughs> I don't remember her name, sorry. Is <laughs> uh, um making an appearance to rally the troops mm -hmm. uh, frederick's going to talk to her to engage her to keep her there astrid's mm -hmm. going to canvas the crowd uh to question the witnesses um yeah i th i think i would um i would probably question the witnesses as well see if anyone mm -hmm. saw the i don't know if we necessarily do that together we could probably cover more ground uh separate so you should talk to the muscly boys idea. since they're like you might be able to like bro them or whatever yeah are they all standing around flexing for each other right now oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. it's like full metal yeah. alchemist like i was gonna say yeah. just have a full-on fma flex off and a bro down 
I have some of my my oil from my pancreation classes. Oh, there you, you go. Give them a demo. Oil up. Give them a demo. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like I know what you need to succeed. Yeah, because I'm going more for the just using my charisma and innocent charm to be like, oh, I heard about this terrible thing. Like, tell me, what did you see? What happened? Oh, my goodness. How horrible. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, so let's, we'll cover, so, yeah, as, as Madame Bondi comes out into the crowd, uh, people are, you know, there's some applause, there's some cheers, uh you know there, there are many people like coming up to her and and checking on her and she definitely looks uh fairly muted you know like she's still uh dealing with with the fallout of the assassination obviously i mean it just happened yesterday so um uh but you know she's she's kind of giving this one smile and nodding like yes yeah, thank you thank you you know and um but it's clear that that the people kind of are looking to her for some guidance and leadership you know and uh, so it's absolutely causing a, a distraction. And so Brexta, you are able to, uh, you know, infiltrate back since you know exactly where her little office area is. And I would say, I mean, you were thinking you're going to go ethereal. I was thinking that that might be, uh, especially while I'm rifling around, like the best way to kind of avoid notice. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe I'll save it for like, escaping if you know just a basic stealth um will work okay um yeah i mean i feel what, like since i have a distraction of you know everyone's attention elsewhere and i'm yeah. small that might yeah. be adequate especially yeah. if i yeah. can save my uh card for my etherealness then uh that might be a little better if i have to make an escape Excellent. Yes. Um, what is your stealth? Is it just average or do you have it better? It's actually that? good. Oh, oh yeah. No problem. No problem. So, uh, so yeah, you were easily able to slip back to, uh, to her back office and, um, and you disappear behind the hanging sheet and, uh, and begin to rifle through her, uh, possessions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, meanwhile, uh, Frederick, you were going to attempt to approach the madame yourself. Yes. Um, so I'll wait for a point where maybe she isn't quite as surrounded. Mm -hmm. uh, she gets a moment, um, you know, away and uh, step forward to introduce myself. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. She's like kind of you know just thank you. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm, yes. And uh, and you're able to position yourself in a way that um, her path intercepts with yours. So she stops and she looks up at you, and uh, and she says, "Hello. I don't believe I've seen you around here before." And she's noting your, you know, impeccable suit and manner. Perhaps um, a bit of suspicion. So, uh, I, yeah, I will uh, doff my top hat and bow, uh, greet her, uh, Madame Bondi, my condolences for your loss. Uh, also, as a, whether it puts her at ease or not, 
Hmm. Uh, Frederick, while he is impeccably dressed, also has certain things that are a little bit off and might mm-hmm. register as uh, perhaps, you know, influenced by the Fae, you know, certain, you know, uh, I think maybe for today he has uh, small rodent skulls for cufflinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, introduce myself as Frederick Haas, a diplomat of the Austrian embassy. So she she notes those small details. You see her eyes sort of flitting between those little those little touches, and it does seem to put her at ease somewhat. And she says, "The Austrian embassy. Well, what brings you here, sir?" Well, I'm afraid I'm here on an unofficial capacity, but I must admit I am quite interested uh, and captivated by your situation. Of course, horrified by the recent events that unfolded. Again, my condolences. Uh, but I was hoping that perhaps you and I could have a conversation and speak more about your current plight. Uh, while I am uh, not highly ranked within the embassy, perhaps I could bend an ear or two and uh, see if some light can be uh, shed on your uh, situation. Of course, of course. Uh, why don't we, why don't we uh, talk over supper? Oh yes, that would be wonderful. Um, very briefly, uh, is there a uh, something that that's currently troubling you about? Uh, What's, what's going on? Uh, we uh, at the embassy are uh, always looking for ways to uh, reach out to uh, our allies. Well, I, I mean, this is just a very tough situation. Uh, we our, our protests have been drawing much attention, but we've been making very little progress with the local authorities. I see. And what authorities um, are these and what are their um, reactions to the situation? Guarded at best. Um, they they seem to just think this is a, a business dispute, which I suppose it is. But it's it's far more than that to, to us here. We're very, very concerned about the expansion of the margarine industry into this region of France. And so she kind of begins to get into a little bit of a spiel, you know, about, uh, well, you know, everything that, you know, you're already aware of in terms of like, you know, brownies being put out of work and so on and so forth and farmer, you know, dairy farmers being impacted, et cetera, et cetera. And she, she gets, she gets a little bit of her passion back as she's speaking, you know, as she does this, I'll try to, uh, uh, guide the conversation towards one of these communal, meal areas and uh you know ladle out a couple of bowls of this stew for us to uh you know have while we're talking okay no reason to uh delay a good conversation if it's happening at the moment (laughs) all right so um she's definitely taking a liking to you you know you're you're working your old skill set you know (laughs) (laughs) 
and uh and and she says uh she says well perhaps i know you said you were here in an unofficial capacity but perhaps you could utilize some of your uh diplomatic pull with the mayor or some other officials perhaps and what is it you would uh, have me request uh, well, just recognition of 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 our grievances. Uh, you know, we we need we need trade protections against these uh, these margarine uh, manufacturers. Uh, margarine manufacturers. What do you know of Monsieur Hook? Uh, he is a terrible man. It, uh, just uh, he he does not care about any any of the damage his factory may do to the local industries he, he's just out to make a a quick a quick frank hmm and i hate to pry and and please if i'm overstepping uh my apologies but do you think he may have been involved with the recent tragedy that occurred it's entirely possible sir entirely possible uh, the, these people want us dead. Can I use my perception skill to try to determine if she's being truthful about certain things or being cagey? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so I have a great perception skill. Excellent, excellent. And um, let's see. So am I modifying? Is that a uh, mental, intellectual, I would social... Say well, I'd say ooh. Uh, what what exactly are you? Well, let's see here. What is perception normally? Uh, perception is normally pentacles, uh, which is mental, mental and intellectual. We'll go with that. Uh, she also has. It would be opposed by her perception skill or ability, so she has it a great as well. So we will have to play some cards here. Okay. Pentacles, you say. Mm -hmm. All right. So yeah, I'm trying to determine, you know, during the course of this these conversations, how uh, genuine she is. You know, is she uh, being truthful about that her only grievance is this margarine? Is she being mm -hmm. truthful about her intentions? Uh, you know, with the, with requesting help from the mayor and uh, all that, or is this? Does it seem like this is her acting the part of something? And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't have any pentacles. So cool, that's a good. Cool. That's that's good. Uh, You're off to a great start. So, since I didn't play it last session, oh yeah, throwing down justice. Yeah. <laughs> so justice is uh, says here the universe itself seems to be judging the dramatic character, perhaps based on past actions. I must draw a card from the fortune deck. If I draw a cup, if I draw cups or pentacles, I achieve a high success. If mm. I draw swords or wands, I fumble. <laughs> All or nothing. Okay. All right. Do it. Hell yeah. Do it. All right. So do I draw or do you you have to place it in my hand, right? Uh no. I mean if you want me to just throw it down on the table, I can certainly do that. Okay, let me just look at this real quick again. What do, what do I not want? I don't want swords and wands. Okay, yeah, throw it down the table. All right, I'm going to give the deck a shuffle here just to be completely, you know, oh, yeah. completely fair. And I pull the card, 
throw it down. What is that? That is wands. Wands. Oh, so I, that is a fumble. That would be a fumble. Okay. So what am I convinced of? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh great host. Um, all right. <laughs> well, you are not only uh, convinced of the... Um, you know earnestness of her of her belief system but she actually begins to turn you around on her cause like she's absolutely right modern industry is trying to destroy uh you know centuries old way of life uh amongst the the working class and the uh you know proletarian fairy population <laughs> So basically, she starts radicalizing you. So, so I basically went into like the uh, Scientology on like a gag, like just to like you know like <laughs> yeah, this will be a, this will be good for a laugh. And I came out yeah. like fully like with the Dianetics like all stacked up to my chin, like oh yeah, yeah, or, or like you you went into interview Lenin for a magazine you know feature and came out like a full blown communist. <laughs> okay, so that yeah that backfired spectacularly. All right. Uh huh. <laughs> all right. Meanwhile. Uh, so Iskander and um, Astrid are circulating amongst the the groups uh, of uh, of folk. So Iskander, um, you know, you're you're talking to the to the hired muscle. Now they're they're there, but they uh, you know because they're security, but they also do believe in the cause, and so they're pretty agitated you know and they're they're pretty frustrated and you can you can tell that like they're ready to start throwing throwing down like they're ready to start some street battles you know at, at the merest sign from madame bondi after this after this assassination all of them think it's the police who are behind it uh you know and um and they're ready you know they're ready to start some shit Basically. By the way, uh, as, yeah. as I'm becoming more and more convinced that that she's absolutely right, and that mm -hmm. uh, you know this is you know uh, her cause is just, and and this is clearly happening, I will let her in on a little secret that the police have been mesmerized. Uh, by... Oh Lord, <laughs> this is not going to help. <laughs> and and we're actually we're actually hypnotically suggested by this Doctor Wasson to become more violent. Uh, not only that, but the prefect himself actually is kind of under the influence too, so she might want to know that. She's most grateful for this information. Just chunking the goonies over here, man. Just telling them everything. Yeah. Oh it. man, that is awesome. Yeah. That's and, the fun Oh uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you know, played by the yeah, rules. Sorry, if guys. you're gonna yeah. fumble, fucking. Bumble, and that is <laughs> no man. So much love and respect. That is that's how you play it, dude. It really is. Really is. That's hard mode role playing, dude. Right, yeah. Real. I feel I feel bad, but uh, yeah, no, 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 sir. No, wrong feeling. That's what you do. Wrong you feeling. Feel Your feelings are wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mad love. <laughs> And uh, and meanwhile, uh, Astrid, uh, you're circulating more amongst the the farmers and the you know some of the brownies, and uh, they're equally uh, they're equally agitated. You know, they're maybe not quite as willing to uh, take it to violence town just yet, but they're feeling very frustrated, and they, you know, a lot of them are feeling like ignored, and uh, and they want like some more 
kind of like support and solidarity from some of the other, you know, uh, working class of Paris and maybe even like beyond. Like there's some talk about like, we could turn this into a nationwide movement, a worldwide movement, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely like, as they talk through their frustration, which I'm assuming would also be like about this assassination as well, because obviously people are working against them. I want to mm-hmm. see if I notice any details that may help us link this even more. Like, does anyone mention anything, you know, in Miss Bondi's hand or anything like that? Just keeping mm. my ear out for mm. details. Sure. So you you definitely hear a corroboration of, of Bondi's story, which was that there were some agitators in the crowd who had you know, who, who were bringing in rotten fruit and vegetables, no doubt getting ready to start throwing it at the stage. It was already causing a bit of a foo in the crowd. And then uh, some of the ones you talked to who were nearer to the uh, nearer to the stage, you know, can corroborate. Yeah, Mich- Michelle had was starting to move towards the edge of the stage, clearly intending to intervene. And then that's when the shot rang out. Um, Beyond that, we might need somewhat better uh, uh, outcomes. So how's your charisma? Or social grace? Well, no, social grace is more for upper class. So yeah, charisma. Yeah, my charisma is good. Your charisma is good. Okay. All right, so I think to find this needle in the haystack, we're going to need an exceptional success uh-huh. of someone who might have witnessed, been a more direct witness. Uh, so you need four points on that, and this is a, a cups test. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I don't have any cups. Uh <laughs> And one of the cards that I have is a major arcana, so I can't spend it as a onesie. So I will chuck it, even though I've been saving it. Oh, it's okay. There are all right. Um, so that I can get a new hand, and hopefully we'll get some some cuppy doodas. Get some cuppa doodles. Okay. Recall those. Shuffle and deal. Okay. There you go. It's- Hot and sour wonton cup of deals. Speaking of cards, I definitely want a chance to talk to these guys when, you know, after Astrid's yeah, done. This is if my it's scene. In the cards. Get out. Go over there. <laughs> Mute yourself. <laughs> Delete your account. <laughs> Log off. <laughs> Sorry, Judith. <laughs> All right. What do you got? I do have some major arcana, so I'm just going to double check if, oh, okay. <laughs> if these are helpful. Mm-hmm. It's doubtful, but let's see. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Still not helpful. <laughs> it could have been, but I don't have that card either. Okay, let's look oh. at this other one. I got it. Uh-huh. Ah, oh, the suspense is killing okay. me. <laughs> All right, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, okay um i am going to play the moon (laughs) okay um 
I'm I'm not going to put it down just because I don't know how to do that. But I have mm. a card I'm thinking of in my remaining cards. Mm -hmm. If you can guess the suit, I fail. I, I super, I'm just going to fail. But if you're wrong, I succeed automatically. Damn. Whoa. So, that's dope. <laughs> so what suit am I so, thinking So of? much gambling on one of our, <laughs> own, one of our <laughs> only leads. I know, right? <laughs> and they're like favorite 50 -50. card. I know, yeah. Yes. The moon is awesome. <laughs> All right. I here, let me let me do the uh whatever, you know. I guess that uh you are holding a swords in your hand. I was thinking of Luan's. Damn it. <laughs> oh, very mine. close. <laughs> Suck it, Trebek. <laughs> 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 I believe that was uh, Johnny Curson. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, wow, yeah, and then okay. I'm going to discard that one because it was my extra major. Arcana, oh, oh, sure, so sure. Cheapy, okay. so. All right, recall that as well. Wow, good job. Okay, so you succeed automatically. Yes. Goodness. Okay, so <laughs> that means. That means that. Wait, what does that mean? What were you? What were you trying to do? Oh, you were trying to find somebody who had a direct uh, eyewitness testimony. Yeah, more uh, detail they... about what was seen. All right. So, uh, so yeah, you you eventually do find a uh, hasty, you know, dairy farmer who's like, ah, I've seen it, uh, which is to say I saw it. Uh, just happened to be looking straight at Madame Bondi when the shot rang out. Now, the curious thing about that is she was in the middle of her speech. And I says to myself, Cedric, I say, I don't know if that's a French name, but whatever. Uh, I say to myself, now that's most curious that, that Madame Bondi, right in the middle of that speech, is holding in her hand a pocket mirror. Why would you need a pocket mirror to give a speech, says I to myself, but then the shot rang out, and that poor little brownie feller got felled. Oh, yes, that's very sad. But no, you're that's a very interesting thing to have noticed as well. You're quite a smart man, I can tell, Cedric. Oh, well, thank you very much indeed, ma'am. Uh, uh, forgive my forwardness, but uh, you wouldn't happen to be married, would you? I am not. Well, it's just my brother, you see. Uh, he's he's recently widowed, and uh, we could always use a uh, a strong lass such as yourself around the farm. Uh, <laughs> if you ever were interested in such a thing, as the ears start glowing coal red. Honestly, I think it sounds like a lovely retirement. I do have some work left to do here in the city, but I know where to look for you, Cedric, if I'm oh. at that stage. Oh, of course, ma'am. Forgive my forwardness. Is he like pulling okay, out his you're hat? Quite yeah. <laughs> this dude's from where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Indiana, France. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Pencil Tucky Valley. Oh, that's, oh, correct. that's correct. That's where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Brexta, how about you? What, do, what are you up to? You've, you've had some time to go through uh, Bondi's effects. Um, considering I have turned up exactly and only exactly what I have turned up, 
Um, I suppose it's time to cheese it. Uh, <laughs> that being said, um, I do think that there must be some way to spook her or perhaps one of her close followers. I do think that that painting, it's too uncanny. I feel like someone must have seen it and been inspired by it, you know, and I feel like seeking someone out, perhaps not Bondi because she's on high alert for me, but if there's someone in particular who looked uh, familiar from the last time I came, someone who was in her tent, maybe close to the vest, as it were, mm-hmm. that I could sidle up to and, you know, dab my eyes and, you know. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. The most shocking thing happened, you know. I, okay. All right. So, uh, and, you know, they, they nod. And, oh, yes, yes, absolutely. It's It's been a tough 24 hours, to be sure. I must admit, the most shocking thing happened. I, I went to the Louvre to calm my nerves. I, I, I love art, you see, and the beauty really does the heart good, I think. I saw the most devastating painting, Wyatt seemed the very visage of what I heard depicted yesterday morning. A terrible painting. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's called The Fairy Feller. Hmm. I can't say I have. I, uh, To be perfectly honest with you, I, I don't often get down to Paris, and I've certainly never gone to the, the museums. Who is this person that I'm talking to who's also from Indiana? <laughs> These are all, you know, dairy farmers around the country that have <laughs> yeah. descended upon the city. So, That's right. gotcha. Yeah. Don't don't hate my people. <laughs> don't hate. I just participate. So surprised, <laughs> I suppose. I guess maybe yeah. Michelle is the only other one who seemed kind of like sure, know, yeah. of the city, and he's yeah, dead yeah. now. Yeah. Well. Mm. <laughs> well, the most shocking thing seems that this event was. Uh, perhaps foretold. So are you saying this loud enough for Bondi to maybe hear overhear you? Oh, probably. I know that I'm not supposed to go up to her. It doesn't mean that she can't come over to me. And I've been That's hanging right. out with uh, Sarah Bernhardt. So I feel like my ability <laughs> to turn up those waterworks is absolutely yeah. improving. And so, we, yeah. <clears throat> and and you can definitely, you can definitely see, you know, Madame Bondi nearby, right? I mean, that was your Like, impression. I probably, like, start quavering and, like, trip. I'm so sorry. I just, I was so disturbed. I wasn't there yesterday, but I felt as though I were standing in front of this painting. I was transfixed. It was the most awful thing. Perhaps, so, uh, like, bring out my little kerchief and, you know. Right, right, right. Like, made of spiderwebs lace or something. So, uh, so Bondi's in the middle of, of, you know, talking to Frederick. She's like, uh, you know, getting really fired up now because she's asking you all these details, right, about, about this mesmerist and what's been going on. And um, so she, she is on the verge of jumping up on the table and launching into an impassioned speech. So let's do a quick, uh, you know, dramatic feat and see if maybe Brexta can distract her long enough for it to prevent her from doing that uh could performance work 
Absolutely. So the fun thing is, I have an average performance. Uh-huh. But I've also got this guy, which says yeah. now it's a great performance. Oh. Oh. And oh, my then, goodness. What would I need? I mean, is that a good enough success? Or should it, I? I mean, if you want to push add? it as high as you want, uh, it's a cups. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any of that. Uh, how much would I need for cups? Oh, I think you're you're standing nearby, so there's really there's really not uh, it's not it's not that difficult of a task. So I'd say you're already at a full success, and if you buy it up by four more points, you would be at a, a high success. Six of cups. There it is. I was like, please All don't right. tell me it's seven again. <laughs> That's right, you had the six. <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, so yeah, so so Frederick, you're you know you're like yeah, oh yeah, those guys are bastards or whatever. <laughs> I, by the way, I love that you've been taken in by fairies yet again. <laughs> like obviously, yeah, <laughs> you have this like constitutional weakness or something. You know, yeah, it's totally like his his blind spot. He's ready. He's like. I got these documents on on Hoog that I think you'll be interested in. You're just completely selling everybody else out. So, perhaps what's happening, right, since this guy doesn't seem to care as much, is like I've like kind of built up my tears and like maybe I'm like, you know, grabbing the the hand of like the person next to him and like kind of drawing in like a small circle of people who are kind of listening to me as I'm like really vividly describing getting yeah. a little louder, a little more hysterical. I'm so sorry. It was just so awful. And maybe people are kind of like offering their kerchief, patting me on the back, kind of like right, making right. a scene, like a hot mess all over this communal supper. Uh, yeah. You're salting the, the soup with your tears. Yes. All right. Good. So, uh, so yeah. So she she's getting all fired up again. And then she hears... Brexta's voice and it just snaps her right out of it and she That's not she looks... suspicious at all. <laughs> and she looks around and she says, Who let her in here? I specifically said you were banned from these grounds and she begins to coming over towards you. I I wonder if I've like kind of managed to like whirl myself up into enough of like a little like teary frenzy that I don't necessarily hear her yet. Like, I'm mm. still kind of, like, engrossing my own small audience. Yeah, um, yeah. Right now, of course, like, other people are starting to become more uh, invested. So oh, like, yeah. Yeah. This is definitely loud enough. It's pulling, you know, everybody's, you know, Iskander, Astrid, you're you're hearing this, you know. So it's it's a scene. It is a scene is what it is. Uh, so she, yeah, she's kind of stalking over towards you, and 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 she says, uh, she says, I specifically said not to let her on these grounds. Why are you doing? What are you doing here? Why are you making such a scene? Oh, Madame, I, oh, it's so. Well, I know circumstances are so terrible these days, but it is good to see you. I just, I came with some of my friends. We're such fervent supporters of your cause. I, I, I told them about your your struggle, and I. Well, they, they asked me to bring them here. And certainly, you know, I think every person on the ground really matters at this stage, don't you think? I mean, isn't this a P 
community investment? Aren't you looking for everyone's support at this crucial time? So she says, um, she says, you or that cat you were with went rifling through my stove. I beg your pardon. I have no idea what you're speaking of. I know it. There was there was something in that stove, and then it was taken. Well, madame, are you suggesting that you are hiding things in your stove? Not in the least. I I don't understand, then, why you'd think I would have any interest in your stove. Well, I just mean to say that you came into my office and you started going through my personal effects. I, I don't madame, appreciate it in I the was, least. I have no idea what you're talking about. I am distressed, certainly, and I know I was flustered. I apologize if my clumsiness was embarrassing to you. Certainly, sniff, sniff. I was embarrassed enough as it was. I thought that you were empathetic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she, she looks a little embarrassed of herself, you know, and, and she says, uh, she says, well, never mind then. Just don't let me see you around here anymore. You are no longer welcome on these grounds. You are a hindrance to our movement. A hindrance, I say. And she begins to storm back off towards the warehouse. I wonder if this is a moment kind of like calling after her loudly as possible, describing mm -hmm. this painting and it's like full glory. Like, oh, I just, I couldn't help it. I was so distraught. I thought seeking the company of my my fellows would, would help ease the pain. I saw the most terrible painting. Richard Dodd, of course. Oh, you've heard of him. Oh, you over there. Oh, of course you have. It's called the fairy filler. Why? I feel like I was transported to yesterday morning's very events. It was depicted so plainly. Just, you know, yeah, turn yeah. on those waterworks a little more. Like, oh, so, I'm so <clears throat> upset by this. I, I can only imagine what it was like yesterday being there for the, the real thing in the flesh. So she, she stops, like comes to a full stop and turns around, like signals to some of her goons. You know, she's like, get her out of here, out. Now is when I'd like to wink. Ooh, shit. <laughs> the cherry on top. Damn. Do it. Ace of Wands for my average etherealness. Ooh. You gonna you gonna you gonna ethereal out of there? I think what might be really fantastically dramatic, if I could make it work, is yeah. like I'm like, you know, weeping and maybe sort of like, I'm a little water fairy. Like, can I dissolve into like a little puddle of water and then just wink out? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Love it. Phenomenal. As dramatic as possible. <laughs> like I'm just so overcome by my emotions. I'm weeping and I just collapse into this little puddle of water that immediately becomes no more. All and right. then I cheese it. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, I think that is as good a place to leave off as any. Uh, that was quite a that was quite a scene, and we haven't even had the meeting with Hoog yet, and uh, follow up with Bernadette, and then possible anti fairy glamour goggles as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> I keep thinking that each session is like, oh, we'll wrap this one up tonight. Nope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said part three of three two sessions ago. Yeah. No. And part of me is like, oh, no, what am I missing? I feel like this should have been so simple to resolve then. Like, what's the... We <laughs> cause trouble and chaos. <laughs> That's right. Capers. Capers galore. 
<laughs> no, no, I, I get it. You're you're just dotting your I's and crossing your T's, making sure you have a good idea of who the real culprit is. You've got a good suspect list going. You've got your clues. Um, so yeah, I think I think you know it really is just left to narrowing it down uh, and figuring out you know that it was Colonel Mustard in the library with the candlestick kind of thing. You know. You mean with the hand mirror? That's right. Perhaps. I, look, we all know it was the butler, and there's only one flesh butler that's been around. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh oh. It's always the one you least suspect. That is correct. Potterfield all along. Potterfield the sniper. <laughs> yep. So sneaks. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, we will, uh, yeah, we will, we will uh, reconvene next week and. I will be prepared to roll on into the next story should we wrap things up uh, early next oh. week because I feel like you guys are, are circling around mm. the true culprit here, and uh, once you've once you've had a chance to kind of get through the remainder of your to do list, I think you'll have a good idea of who it could be. You underestimate us, sir. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah. Overestimate us. Over, yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Flash forward to July of 2021. Okay, so yeah. I think next session yeah. we should get this one wrapped up. Part 12 of three. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So at you. At that point, we've like stolen the painting from the Louvre. <laughs> yeah. We've traveled all the way to Brittany. Traveled to Brittany. Like, yeah. 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 Paris is half of, half of Brit. Yeah, half of Paris has been burned down. Uh... <laughs> I'm super rich and manufacturing guns. Yeah. Frederick is like the, you know, uh, proletarian leader of a uh, populist uprising <laughs> yeah, in France. He, he has an eye patch and like a... <laughs> like, it's all to his like, airship clothing. pirate roots. That's right. Hey, you know where... Yeah, you know where to find an airship pirate ship, so... That's right. Yeah. Time to, time to yeah. collect. <sighs> Armed true. with ornithopter drone minigun wielding <laughs> drones. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> lordy lord. All right, y'all. Good session. Yeah. As awesome. always. Thank you. <laughs> crazy, crazy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll do it again next week. We'll see you guys next week. All right. All right. Yep. All right. See you guys later. Bye.